Amen. Jesus is always there with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, of all days, this is the day that we should be tuning in because of Easter Resurrection Day. Without today, we Christianity really does not exist. And so this is the greatest day for us that Jesus rolled out of the grave and death could not hold him. Amen. Three days later, he rose. Amen. And showing us and showing the world just who he really is. And we know that he is God robed in the flesh. Amen. The love that he has for us. Amen. Thank you for uh, your continued support and giving. You can give online. Uh, give by texting that number. We can uh, mail in your offerings. Amen. Thank you for continuing to pray for each other, for reaching out to one another during this time. Amen. And if you haven't uh, done that, um, maybe try doing that this week, checking in on your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. We're praying that everyone is well. Amen. And we're going to get through this together. Amen. Is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. How many's heart is glad today? How many are rejoicing today? Because we have hope. Amen. We have something that we can stand upon, and that is the promises of the Word of God. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, Here Because of Hope. Here Because of Hope. And you may be seated today. This past Wednesday, new data was released by the National Center for Health Statistics, and they found that the suicide rate in America has jumped 35% over the past two decades. 35% increase in suicides over the past 20 years. How do we explain such an increase? And we've never been more educated than now. We never have had more tools of technology. Uh, we have things, we live in a world that our, our, our parents only dreamed of, of the things that we have. We are saturated with entertainment and recreation, all kinds of vehicles Amen. To look into. We, yet more people than ever are orchestrating their own deaths. And they say that they don't know why. How could this be? Among the answers must be this. That people are dying, are taking their own life because of a lack of hope. There is no hope in their life them. There is no hope in their mind, in their situation, and so they see no way out, and so without hope, they only escape uh, this world, and there is a concern that we will see a spike in suicide COVID-19 pandemic due to all the layoffs and all the lockups and quarantines. They are concerned, and they are hoping that there is not a spike in suicide because of this. Because of the hopelessness that people begin to feel. This world seems to squeeze the hope out of society, out of our minds. It reduces the world to a few decades between our birth and our grave. 
Many people believe that this world is as good as it gets. And let's face it, it's not really all that great. But the people of God do have an advantage. We have a hope. We have something that we, ha- we can hold on to. We have got a promise in the word of God because we know that this world is not our home, that we are just passing on through this life, and we can deal with the problems of life because we have a hope. Hope of a better tomorrow. Hope of a better world to come. Hope of a place where there is no more tears, no more sorrow, no more hurting, no more pain, no more death. That is what we hold on to in this life because we are here because of hope. Today is the most popular day and the most exciting day in all of Christianity. And even though churches open their doors every week, even multiple days per week, today, Easter Sunday, is the day that we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. Today, this day, is what separates Christianity from all the rest of the religions. And Easter is what validates and verifies that Christianity is the one true religion that worships the one true God. Aren't you thankful that you know who that one true God is, that his name is Jesus, that he robed himself in flesh, and he came to this earth to die for you and me and our sins. And I'm thankful that we come to know him and we can experience him and we can feel his presence even today, some 2,000 years later. And let's face the facts and confess it today that the death of Jesus did not really bring us here today because Jesus' death doesn't make him really any different than any other man or woman besides the fact that we know that he was sinless and yet he still died. It, it really doesn't separate him from uh, any other prophet of God other and, or other religious figures. The, the prophet Muhammad of Mecca was born and he died. Buddha was born and died. Confucius was born and he died. Joseph Smith born and he died. Prophets and pharaohs and, and popes and all have been born and all have entered the grave but what separates Jesus Christ from everyone else is that he was born and he died but he did not stay in that grave but three days later he came out of the tomb holding the keys to death hell and the grave and that is why we have hope today that is why we can trust in him and stand upon the word of God because Jesus said that he would raise himself from the grave and he He did so three days later, and so if he said that and he backed that up, then we know we can trust and believe whatever word he says. And he also told us that he's going to prepare a place for us uh, in his father's house, our mini mansion, and that he's coming back for us. And so if he came out of the grave, then I know without a surety of a doubt that he's coming back again. And I know that day is soon and very soon, and we're going to be with him, amen, and meet him in the air and be with him for all of eternity. Why? Because he said that he would die and raise from the dead, and he did. 
So we have something that we can stand upon. If other religious figures are still in the grave, then that tells me that their leader was just another person, another man, another woman, just like you and I. But Jesus Christ was more than a man. He was God incarnate. He is the creator, the one and only God. The prophecies of old told us who he was. Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's who the child was that was laying in a manger. He was the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. God robed himself in flesh, and he didn't just come proclaiming to be something that he wasn't. And the best way to prove that is to go to the grave. Because the grave makes everybody the same. The grave levels everybody out. doesn't matter how much money you have or what, what famous name your family might have. The grave is an equalizer. It brings everybody down to the same page. We're all but dust from this earth, and we all return to the dust. It doesn't matter how much we accumulate in this life. No, we all return to the grave, and the grave is an equalizer to all men everywhere. And the best way to prove that Jesus was more than a man was to go to the grave. Because uh, death is the separator of persons. And death will make a liar out of somebody proclaiming to be God. If they truly are God, then they would come out of that grave. But if they don't, then they're just, they're just talking out of their ears. But death will also point to the one who is God. Death cannot lie. Death doesn't lie. Death is truth. Death happens to everybody, but death can confess, well, that's, that's not just a man. That is God, and that is why we have hope today, because death said, I cannot hold Jesus in the grave. I cannot keep him down here. I don't have the power to hold down Jesus, because Jesus is not just a man. Jesus is God himself. And that God came and, and took my place upon the cross. A God that bears my sin. A God that takes my punishment and dies in place for me is worthy of my life, is worthy of my praise, is worthy of my worship. And that's why we have hope today, because Jesus Christ is alive and well, and he deserves our praise. He deserves our glory. He deserves our best. He deserves our heart. He deserves our whole life, because he came and made a way for you and me. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is vain also. If Jesus stayed in the grave, how does that give you and I any hope? 
How does that give us hope for our situation? If Jesus is still buried six feet under the grave, how can that help us out? If, if Jesus did a lot of miracles but was never able to defeat the greatest enemy in life, and that is death, if Christ did not rise on the third day, then our preaching is in vain. Then our faith is in vain. It's, it's worthless. Then we are all wasting our time listening to some guy preach and talk about some guy who died many years ago. He was a nice guy, and he did a lot of great deeds, and that's nice. And, and maybe I'll model my life after him and try to hang up some of his proverbs and sayings on my kitchen wall, and that's all nice. But how does that help me when I face real problems and, and real difficulties and, and real situations and when, when devils are coming after me? How does that help me to know that this person was just a good man? And when doubt and despair take over my mind and, and hopelessness creeps into our situation, how will this Jesus' good deeds comfort me if he was just another great prophet? And when a doctor comes back into the room and his, his countenance has changed, and his demeanor and his tone has become more serious. And, and he delivers the news that, that death is coming. And your hope has just vanished with your breath. How will the good deeds of a good man help you in that moment if he faced death too and he lost that battle too? But that's not the case, is it? That is why we are here today. You can see how our faith would be in vain if Jesus never rose from the grave. But I'm here to tell you that our faith is not in vain. That we have something to hold on to. We are here today because of hope. Because Jesus did not stay in that grave. He did not allow death to defeat him. And he walked out of that grave. And that is why we have hope. That gives us hope that we don't have to die in our dilemma that whatever we are facing is not the end. Whatever situation we are in is not final because Jesus has the final say. We still have hope. We still have hope no matter what, how bad it may get. We still have hope because we are here today because of that. Even in death. Even if our situation drags us to the grave, we still have hope. There is still hope in the grave. There is still hope when death shows up because that grave is not my final resting place. It doesn't end there with those that are born again. Why? Because there is hope. There is a promise that we will live again and be with Jesus on the other side of this valley of death. Why? Because we have hope. Because Jesus went before us and he fought and he faced that battle so we would have hope when situations arise in our life. Aren't you thankful for hope? Aren't you thankful for Jesus Christ that he is alive and well? And if you need him, all you got to do is to call upon that name and he can be there with you to get you through your situation. When Paul was 
dragged around the known world and uh, on trial here and there and facing persecution and trials and, and situations, he's finally dragged before uh, Agrippa and uh, Agrippa can tell him, tells him that he can, he can respond to these accusations that have been uh, made against him, that he has an opportunity to speak. And so Paul takes this opportunity and he speaks in Acts 26, verse 6. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. The reason that he was there on trial is because of the hope that he had. He saw the hope in Jesus Christ, and he found the hope in the Scriptures. And that is why he was standing there facing trial of his life, certainly because of hope. Paul said, the reason that I'm standing here today is because of hope. Hope has brought me here. Hope of the promise of God. And I believed in the promise of God and still do. And, and I don't care what people say. I'm still going to be holding on to God's promises. I don't care what you do to me. I've already been beaten and whipped and stoned. And, and all to get me to let go of these promises of God. And, and here I stand with what little strength that I have in my feeble body. All because I'm holding on to the hope of the promises of God. And so Paul understood, hey, this world can try to take it out of me. This world can beat me with rods and sticks and, and stone me, but they're not getting that hope away from me. They're not taking away the faith that I have deep down inside my soul because Jesus died for me. And if he died, he rose again. And that gives me even more faith. That gives me even more hope that I can face my trial. I can face my situation because Jesus gave me some hope. We are here today because of hope. Romans 5 and 5, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And how do you and I know that this hope is real, that this hope is genuine, that it's not some cheap knockoff that was made in China and only lasts 1.5 uses. How do we know that this hope is real? We know it's real because the Holy Ghost was poured out in our life, because God filled us with his spirit like he said he would. A supernatural event took place beyond our control happened when the Spirit of God came inside of our body and filled our lungs and our tongues began to stammer and we began to say things that we did not know. That was all beyond our control and that happened a supernatural event and we know that that is the hope inside of us. That that dose of the Holy Ghost is just a handful of hope, a hope that you and I can feel, 
a hope that you and I can sense, a hope that you and I can hold on to. And we are here today because of this hope. And don't let your situation rob you of this precious hope that is inside of you. Don't let your faith be dwindled away by the circumstances around us. We have something to hold on to, and we are here today because of hope. Jesus' resurrection has a purpose. It's not just to show the world that he was God. If the world was turned upside down with his ministry of miracles and, and healing the sick and the lame and the deaf and the dumb, and how much more of an impact would his death have on the world? And above that, how much more would his resurrection have uh, upon Jerusalem and that known world then? He already caused such an uproar when he was alive. And even, and even the, the Pharisees and the, and the, the high priest uh, went, went to Pilate and said, Hey, we need to, you need to send some guards there to guard the tomb just in case his disciples go there and steal his body and then start lying and start saying that Jesus is resurrected because they even though they, they heard Jesus say that and so uh, they, sent, they sent soldiers there to guard the tomb so that his body would not uh, be taken. That's how they understood. They understood the power of the resurrection that if this Jesus came out of that grave, there's nothing that we could do to stop him. And so we'll send soldiers to guard them. But yet uh, they could not guard them because an angel showed up. And the, the, the soldiers fell down as if they were dead. They were knocked out because of the power of God. And Jesus came up out of that grave. And, and would you believe it that uh, the, the very fear that, that the Pharisees and the high priests and the council had uh, of Jesus coming out of that grave actually happened. Jesus got the last laughing. And so how much more important was this resurrection? His resurrection was not for us to just sit idly by and just to gather together one day out of the year and to show up on Easter Sunday and say, thank you, Jesus, for dying and, and being buried and, and, and coming out of the grave for me. No, it's for us to do something more than that. It's for us not to just become a good supporter and a good cheerleader and say, go, Jesus, you can do it, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Go defeat all my enemies and all my foes. That's not why Jesus died and was buried and lived again so that I can live my life in peace and at ease at my own accord. He didn't bear our sins on his back for us to be uh, sideline cheerleaders. But he died so that it would, uh, it would be so that we would become followers of him. That we would become disciples. That we would uh, listen to his word. And we'd hide his word in our heart. And we'd stand upon his word. The purpose of his death, of his burial, and of his resurrection was to create a path. So to show us the way that you and I need to go. Because there's so many ways out there today, but there's only one way that leads to life and life everlasting. And that is through the path that Jesus Christ has made and set before us. 
Now, I know that we are not God, and I know some of us may act like that, but we can't follow exactly the path that Jesus walked because we, we can't die on Good Friday, have a burial and funeral service, and then be resurrected in time to show up for work on Monday. It might be a little bit easier now that if you're working from home to try to finagle that, but... Uh, we can't just do that, and then your coworkers are going to be looking at you funny and saying, man, did you have a rough weekend or what? And you'll say, well, let me tell you, brother. You have no idea. But as far as I know that when we die, we're dead. I haven't uh, experienced that yet, but I've, I've seen a lot of people die, and they're still dead. Uh, and so even those who went to church their whole life, as far as I know, that they are still dead. And so we can't actually die physically like Jesus did, but we can die another way. We can die symbolically. And whenever we want to do something or whenever we want to go a certain way and, and we don't do it that because we are told that we should not do it or, or we should not go down that path, we are in a sense are dying out to that desire that we have. Dying out to what we want to do, dying out to our own agenda, dying out to what this flesh feels like it wants to do, dying out to our own will. And biblically, when that happens, uh, we are dying out, and we can call that repentance. It's a, it's a turning away from where we were going, turning away from the things we used to do. And even though your flesh and your, and, and your will still wants to do them, we are making the choice to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to say that. Why? Because Jesus has proven that there is a better way, that he died for my sins. He died because I acted like that. He died because I did those things. And why would I want to do that again? Because of what he went through. And so giving up your ways and giving up your life to fulfill the word of God is symbolically dying. And we are commended, commanded to repent of our ways and turn to God. Acts chapter 17 says, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. We have to repent. Every single one of us has to repent. doesn't matter where you are, how much money you have, where you come from, if you were born in a palace. No, all men everywhere are commanded now to repent. We all have to symbolically die and, and realign ourselves with Jesus' death because he physically died for us. And so the least that we could do would to be symbolically die for him. The only other thing that stop a man dead in his tracks and to prevent him from going and doing what he intends to do is that death stare that he can get from his wife. That too will cause a dying to take place. Technically, maybe we can count that as a form of repentance because if he doesn't turn from his ways, a physical death will probably ensue. 
So the sooner we men accept the fact that we are commanded to repent, the better our life will be and the longer life we will probably live if we learn how to repent and and be willfully doing that uh, as often as we need to. Repenting every day is a good start. We need to repent every day because uh, what we went through yesterday, uh, the heart that God gave us and the mind God gave us yesterday is not going to supply our needs today. No, we need God to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit inside of us each and every day. We've got to die every day. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me every single day. We have to become that living sacrifice every single day. We got to die out to the will of God. Musicians, if you would come. The least that we can do is to symbolically die because Jesus physically died for us. Romans tells us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. The, the very minimum God is asking is to present ourselves, our body, our mind, our actions, our thoughts as a living sacrifice uh, uh, because Jesus physically died for us. That's the least that we can do is to live a good life for him. Romans 6 and 1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How is it that if we are dead to sin, how can we say that we are still alive? We cannot say that if we truly, truly are dead. But if we are living like we used to live before we came to Christ, If we still are doing the same things, then we haven't died yet, according to Romans. If we still look and act the same we used to, then we truly haven't repented yet. And a dying, a dying still needs to take place if we are still doing the same things we have done before we came to Christ, if there has only been a minor change in your life, but we're still doing 60% or 40% or even 20% of the things that we used to, then according to the scripture, we're not dead yet. How is it that they that are dead to sin live any longer therein? If you are dead to that sin, then that sin should not be evident in your life. If you are truly dead to that, it should never come around again. Or if it does, you're not enticed by it because you're dead. Dead people aren't impacted by events in this world. Dead people don't have emotions. And dead people are not crying and, 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 and cussing and, and doing all these things because they're dead. And so the word of God commands us that, that we are to be dead as well. And so if we are still struggling with things in our life, if we're still dealing with sin and, and falling into temptation, that means that we have not died yet. And that means we need to die to that as soon as possible. Because no flesh is going to glory 
in his presence. And so uh, the things that the works and deeds of the flesh are sinful, are carnal, and they are corrupting our mind and our spirit. And if we are not dead to those things, we in itself are, are, are corrupted and we cannot be a holy vessel that is uh, prepared unto God. We cannot claim that we have repented and dying out to sin if we are still doing it. It means a true repentance has not taken place. Romans 6 and 3, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. When we're baptized in Jesus' name in the water, going down, covering our sins, we are symbolically being baptized and buried with Christ. Because we died in repentance and now we need to be buried. And it's done so with water. And if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, then you need to because you're dead and you're not buried yet. That's where you begin to discover that there's a hope, that there's a life beyond this life, that there's a world beyond this current world. When you are dead and you become buried in this earth, uh, symbolically, you discover that, hey, this is not the end. It may be dark in my situation, but I see a glimmer of light. I see a glimmer of hope coming through that darkness, and that hope is found in Christ. Christ Jesus, just like a buried treasure, you're going to have to be buried to find that treasure. Just like Jesus was buried in that tomb, we too have to be buried to get access to hope for that resurrection. The only way hope is found is if you are buried in that tomb. If you are buried in that watery grave, if you are buried with Christ, then you can be partakers of him and his resurrection because you followed the scripture and you repented of your sins and you were baptized in that precious name of Jesus Christ. Then and only then do you start to become a candidate for that hope eternal, that hope everlasting that brings you up, that resurrects you, that brings you out of your current situation and gives you a new life and sets you on a new path in life. If you're not dead and buried, then you don't have a need to be resurrected. But since Jesus said that we need to be dead to sin and that we need to be buried with him, we had better start looking for that hope. And that hope starts by finding an altar of repentance, by getting down on your knees wherever you are in your room, in your closet, in your bedroom, and saying, God, forgive me, Lord, for the sins that I have committed. God, I have trespassed against you. I have done evil things. I have committed evil actions. I have said evil things. But God, I need to be, I need to die to be identified with you. I need to be buried with you so that I can experience a new hope, a new resurrection, a new life. But to truly have new birth, 
and to truly be a new person and to have new life, you will need God's Spirit to give you that power. You're going to need the Spirit of Almighty God to come into your life and not just on the outside, not just in the room with you when you get the goosebumps on your skin and as it raises in attention at the presence of Almighty God. No, well, you need more than that today. You need to get that feeling on the inside and have it bubbling up and stirring up as a water, as a well spilling out of you. That's what you need, and that is the Holy Ghost and filling and baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And your it starts coming out of you and you can't control yourself and your mouth and your tongue start speaking in another language that's the spirit that's the resurrection power what's happening there is a trembling is a shaking in your spirit and in your core and it's bringing you up out of the grave how much power would it take for somebody that is buried in a casket six feet under the earth to all of a sudden push up push up through that earth and come out six feet from the ground. It will take a lot of power. And let me tell you, sin is a whole lot more powerful than death. And you can't handle sin on your own, but you can have victory over it if you repent of your sins and you're baptized in Jesus' name and you find that watery grave that you have access to the hope in Jesus Christ and to be resurrected. We are here today because of hope. You need that power. You need God's spirit to get you out of that grave and to live that new life he wants to give you. Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. It has to dwell inside of you. It cannot be around you. It has to be in you. It has to dwell. It has to live. It has to take up residence in there, not just uh, stay in the night, one night in a hotel. No, it's got to be there every day. It's got to dwell in you. If that spirit dwells in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth inside of you. That is why you and I are here today because that just does not happen. Somebody dies and walks out of the grave three days later. That just does not normally happen. Every human being, whether they admit it or not, wants access to that power, the power to raise somebody from the grave because we know we cannot defeat death on our own. We know that we are powerless to death and sin. But once we have that Holy Ghost inside of us, once we have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it will resurrect us as well to have that hope to that no matter what I face, that I'm going to get through it. Why? Because that hope is inside of me. And you need that hope inside of you. Having hope. That whatever situation I am in, I know, I know that there is something better waiting on the other side of my circumstance. Why? Because I feel the hope. I have access to the hope and the spirit of Almighty God. Our text in, in Psalm 16 says, 
I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved because he's at my right hand I shall not be moved therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth my flesh also shall rest in hope for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption thou wilt show me the path of life In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at that right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I don't have to die in my dilemma. You don't have to die in your circumstance. But even if I do, even if I do have to pass through the grave, I know that death is not final. I know that there is a hope that defeats death. I know that Jesus Christ has defeated it. And if he is inside of me, then I will be with him in victory for all of eternity. It's just a valley that we're passing through. Whatever situation we're in, we have to understand that we're, we're not going to be here very long. We're not, this is not going to be the end for us. No, it's just a season. It's just a time that we are passing through. Why? Because God's got something better for you. He's got something better prepared for us. And I'm not going to believe the lies of the devil to say that I'm worthless and, and that nobody loves me. No, Jesus loves me. Jesus died for me. And he was resurrected from the grave so that he can come and be with me. Today... As we begin to worship him, today is Easter Sunday. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And we are celebrating the day that Jesus rose from the grave. But the truth is, is that Jesus wants every one of us to have our own personal Easter. To have our own personal Resurrection Day. We should all experience the power that he experienced. We should all experience the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And we will feel that power through his spirit in our lives. Why don't we begin to worship him? Come on, Jesus is there with you. If you don't have him inside of you, now's the time to get that Holy Ghost. Just repent of your sins. Let's start worshiping him. Let's start crying out to him. Let's thank him for the hope that we have in him. That we can stand upon his word. What a beautiful name it is. Resurrection is. Let's have our own resurrection service in our home. It's just you and Jesus. It's just you and God there. Come on. What a beautiful name. 
rejoice and that is that we have a hope in Christ Jesus that this world cannot take away, that the devil cannot take away, that death hell and the grave cannot take away and we need to hold on to that hope and let that hope shine through us because of the new life that God has given we need to live that new life we need to cast off that old self, those old ways And start showing everyone who Jesus is because we have him inside of us. Amen. What a great day it is to celebrate. Pray that you are uh, celebrate with your friends, your family members. Get in contact with them. Reach out to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. We are the body of Christ. And we are going through a a trial, a situation. But we're in this together. Amen. And we have... We have that resurrection power, so nothing can get us. Nothing can hold us back. Nothing can keep us from being with Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Amen. Have a great day with you and your family. In Jesus' name.